just that time again. Welcome back to another episode of the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike along with author Rick Salcedo. And last time we started a series entitled, Does Anybody Know What Time It Is? And you got to hear a little bit of Chicago music to kick us off with. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But today, Rick, we're going to get into part two here. We had left off uh, kind of uh, at a good little stopping point. Why don't you bring us up to speed here, Rick? All right. Well, we talked about the importance of knowing the times. And we talked about how during David's time, the sons of Issachar realized that it was in their best interest and the interest of Israel to align with David. And then we talked about how the disciples didn't quite understand the times. And they, you know, they, they believed Jesus was the Messiah, but they didn't understand that he wasn't going to set up his messianic rule, uh, everlasting rule on earth. Uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. In fact, what he did was he assumed his everlasting rule in heaven. Right. Oh, you know, because all authority in heaven and earth was given to him upon his ascension. Um, so they didn't quite understand the times. Um, and then one of the things uh, that they, they didn't know that God did was God established the church age. Uh, so that was the first uh, mystery event that he did from the time the Messiah appeared to uh, until the Messiah does initiate his messianic reign here on earth. And that's where we left off, right? Yeah, that's where we left off, uh, the establishment of the church age. And now we're going to go into uh, the rapture, which is going to signal the end of the church age. Okay. So um, that's a second mystery event that's going to take place. But, but that one is for, was foretold by Jesus as well as through the Apostle Paul. And in Matthew 24, verse 40 through 42, uh, Jesus said, Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is warning us, be vigilant. You know, be ever faithful to God. Don't drift away because you don't know. You know, don't get complacent. Right. Don't take uh, God and eternity for granted because you might drift so far away from God that when the day uh, of the rapture comes, you may be left behind. Right. So, and then in Matthew, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 52, it says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. So, Apostle Paul uh, is also foretelling the rapture. Um, and he says it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, in an instant, at the last trumpet. Now, some people believe the last trumpet is like the last trumpet that sounds concerning biblical events. Okay? Other people believe that the last trumpet is the last trumpet blast of the Feast of Trumpets. During whatever year the rapture occurs, right. you know, um, so, you know, Jesus did say nobody knows the day or the hour, but the father, right. you know, um, but we some people believe that we do know that it's going to occur during the last trumpet blast during the Feast of Trumpets. But we just don't know what year. So so, you know, what Jesus said is still accurate. Um, and even if we knew what year it was. The the last trumpet blast during the Feast of Trumpets occurs at the end of the day. You know, now the Jewish day ends at sundown. And even if we knew what day or, you know, 
uh, what day the Feast of Trumpets was going to be on, we wouldn't know exactly when the last trumpet would blast. Because the way it works is somebody, there, there are people observing the moon and the stars. And when certain events in the sky occur, then they declare the day is over, sound the last trumpet. So you really don't know when that is until it is. Right. You know? And even the, the Feast of Trumpets itself is never on the same date every year. Because it doesn't go according to a calendar. It goes according to the moon cycle. So it usually occurs somewhere between September 5th and October 5th. Hmm. So, you know, uh, even if we know that the rapture is going to occur in the last trump of the Feast of Trumpets, we really don't know when it's going to occur. Right. <laughs> more, more or less, too, i got to be honest with you, why are you trying to pinpoint a date unless you're trying to look for something specific that maybe, well, i got to make sure I'm right by here and here. Right, yeah. That what Jesus said is be right all of here, right? Right, yeah. So. And he, he uh, gave that parable of the virgins. Mm-hmm. You know, some were wise and had That's plenty right. of oil and some were foolish. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, if you think that way, like, Nobody knows the exact day or hour, okay? But I've got a, I've got my own personal theory, mm-hmm. all right? And but like you said, don't get into that mindset of oh I've got seven to fifteen years mm-hmm. before the rapture, so I can sow my wild oats, right? And I can do this and that, and then I'll get right with the Lord, mm-hmm. because a wise man will realize life is like a vapor, that's right? You know, and nobody's guaranteed a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, if your life ends while you're sowing your wild oats. You just blew your whole eternity. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. And and listen, there is no wild oats tasty enough to miss out on an eternity right. with God. I'll tell you that from experience, okay? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Exactly so right. you're not missing out on nothing but a lot of pain and regret. Yeah. So, um, but here's an interesting thing. I like in the prophet uh, Hosea chapter 6 verse 2. It says, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have it written down, but it says, on the second day, he will revive us. Or no, it says, after the second day, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live with him forever. Okay? And the to God, a day is, a, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Right. And so how long has the church age been going Almost 2,000 years. So one could say that's two days. After the second day, he will revive us. Mm -hmm. On the third day, he will restore us that we're with him forever. Some people believe that that indicates that very early in the third millennium of the church age, the rapture is going to occur. And that could just be within 7 to 15, 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, we could very well see that event in our lifetime. You know, and and since no one knows the day or hour, I, I just want to tell those knuckleheads that do want to sow wild oats, mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be tomorrow. <laughs> so don't you know? Don't take a chance. Yeah, you got to remember now. I mean, we just went through this whole thing. Now I'm not saying this is accurate, but we just went through this where the disciples misread or the yeah. teachers misread prophecy prior to this of yeah. how things were going to happen. Yeah. So now listen. <laughs> don't think that you decoo de gras that you know all things because you read. You read this and you've lined up some sort of, sort of connecting your own dots yeah. to make your own picture. Yeah. Because you might you might be missing a whole other sheet of dots that connect to it that, that make that bull horn a full bull. You know, so mm-hmm. just don't get too carried away yeah. with those things. But 
Anyway, continue on, bro. Yeah. Well, like we were talking about before we were doing the podcast, you know, we're not experts in eschatology or prophecy, but I'm probably pretty good at messing up prophecy. <laughs> so just take what I'm giving, you know, what I'm sharing with a grain of salt. Well, you know? well, no, I think it's good to ponder. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I really think it's good to exercise your biblical brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, God wants us to do that. Even Paul said, you know, test scripture. So, I mean, you you know, put it against the test of scripture. So I mean, it's good. Yeah. But what's not good is to, to get hung up on it. Yeah. To be able to get stuck in something where, you know, all of a sudden you have a theological uh, debates and or, or not even debate the theological arguments. Right. Let me put it that way. Yeah. No. And never never have a spiritual epith epiphany <laughs> uh, awakening or or you know never have a, a the light come on <laughs> right. in a manner where it draws you away from God. Yeah. You know. So if you say aha, I've got twenty years before the rapture. I'm going to go have some fun. That's never a good thing. That's right. You know that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That gave you that notion. Or to take the stance that you're the know-it-all. And then you're unchrist-like. Yeah. Now you get to the point where you, you think that somehow that you are above someone else because you have the, the Gnostics were that way. They thought they had a special, you know, a knowledge, hidden mm -hmm. knowledge that made them, you know, saved. Yeah. And you don't, we all got the same scriptures. Right. Right here in front of us, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Anyway. You got to continue right. on, brother. So, um... At this certain time, the rapture is going to occur, and and it says here, you know, we will all be changed in the twinkling of an eye. You know, our perishable bodies will become imperishable. We'll, you know, we'll no longer be mortal. We become immortal. Now, I believe, and this is all from the uh, pre-trib point of view, okay, because there is a mid-trib and a post-trib point of view. Um, but I believe that when the rapture occurs, well, here here's what... Personally, and I'm not pushing this as doctrine. This is my opinion. I believe we're entering into a time of uh, a great awakening, a great revival among God's children, and a great conversion of the lost to salvation. There's going to be a great end time harvest um, where God pours out his spirit on all flesh. Um, and then the rapture is going to occur. And then once the rapture occurs, that's going to throw the, the world into great chaos. Right. You know, because when you have a, a quarter of the Earth's population disappear, sure. that's going to cause some problems. Um, and that's what's going to allow the Antichrist to rise to power right. is that chaos. So that's what I personally believe. And so when the rapture occurs, I believe it's going to throw the world into chaos. Mm. Um, but. For those of us who are saved, we're going to be in heaven with the Lord and we're going to experience the next event called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we see this in uh, Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9. And it says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true sayings of God. So while the world is thrown into chaos, we're going to be up there celebrating uh, the marriage supper where the bridegroom, Jesus, is united with his bride, yes. the church. And the ancient Jewish marriage custom had three steps. 
step one was a contract between both sets of parents. Right. So, you know, God is the father of Jesus, the bridegroom. And he set up a contract. You know, if you worship me and obey me, I will bless you and take care of you. Right. Okay. It's only when we deviate from that where we run into trouble. Um, and then the bridegroom pays a dowry. Well, Jesus has already paid the price for his bride. And that was uh, his crucifixion and death at Calvary. Right. Step two was the midnight parade from the bridegroom's house to the bride's house back to the bridegroom's house. Okay, so that that occurs at night. You know, like a thief in the night, the mm -hmm. Lord's going to come and the rapture is going to occur. And then the third step of the marriage custom was the marriage supper, which was a great celebration. Um, you know, the bridegroom and the bride, they're no longer betrothed. They're married. You know, they, they're finally united uh, to be together forever. And so there was a great celebration and it, and it usually lasted for days. So, everyone that's saved will experience the rapture and will be in heaven celebrating this, you know, this great event. That God's children are with him now forever, you know, in immortal bodies. Um, there's another event that's going to occur uh, right after that called the judgment seat of Christ. And every, every saved person is going to go through this. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, it says, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Mm -hmm. So the motives, the works that we do, our motives are going to be revealed. Because like you said earlier, you can't hide anything from God. You know, he knows everything. He knows our motives. So if you're if you're doing great works to build the kingdom of God and your motive is pure, you're going to receive a reward from God. Yeah. And if your motive is selfish, you know, you want notoriety, you want power, you want influence. Um, those are going to be your only reward. Yeah. You know, well, this is where Jesus said, you know, as well, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I mm -hmm. mean, this is this is reminiscent of that scripture as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you could be you could be a, a world renowned minister, have this great ministry, travel around in jets and and it was all done selfishly. Right. And then you could be a a person that uh empties the trash every Sunday. Right, there you go, you know, trims the grass, mm -hmm. you know, scrubs the toilets. Yeah. And you and and it brought you joy to do that for God's kingdom. And, and you'd be first, then the other person would be last. Right. And they yeah. could work the same way because really what it's judging is the heart. So you could have two people emptying out the trash. Mm -hmm. One doing it because they want to be seen serving. Yeah. And one doing it because they just want to serve God. Right. And you'll see one elevated above the other right. in the kingdom of heaven. That's yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. And First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 say, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw... His workmanship will be evident because the day will bring it to light. And the day he's referring to is the day of, of the judgment seat of Christ. And it says it will be revealed with fire and the fire will prove the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as if through the flames. So if you do these works through selfish motives, you don't lose your salvation. Right. But you just, you just don't receive eternal rewards. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, that's you know, uh, that's why you know, put that to, you know, faith 
without works is dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we need to put in. Well, we're 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 told to. I mean, if, if nothing more than the work of evangelism, we're commanded to do that mm-hmm. uh, by Jesus Himself. Mm-hmm. So you you know, but the fruit of the Spirit should be obvious. Well, I mean, you should you should have some fruits in your life just because you're sold out to God. Mm-hmm. But why are you doing it? And, but that, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm reminded of when Jesus said, "When when you pray, don't stand on the corner." Mm-hmm. And shout out loud prayers. When you fast, don't make it obvious right. that you're, you know, you feel weary. You know, groom yourself, mm-hmm. clean yourself. You know, don't don't go around all disheveled and long faced so people say, "What's wrong?" Oh, I've been fasting. Right. Oh, aren't you spiritual? Yeah. You because know, he said that will be your, you know, yeah, your your applause it. from men yeah. will be your only reward. That's exactly right. Congratulations, yeah. you got there. <laughs> you, you've <laughs> <Yeah>. arrived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it worth it? You yeah, know, one, exactly one right. person applauded you versus God applauding you. Exactly you know, was it worth right. it? Exactly so yeah. So during the judgment seat of Christ, our motives of our hearts for the works that we did for the kingdom of God will be judged, yeah. and if warranted, we'll receive a reward from God. Good deal. Yeah, and so um, we mentioned that simultaneously with these events, the tribulation will be occurring. So we'll go into deeper detail about the tribulation next time. But for now, we thank you for joining us, and we want to encourage you to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Amen.